Welcome to the Black Psychologist Podcast, where we have conversations and give insight into human behavior and promote mental health wellness. I'm Dr. Kyle Osborne, and with my co-host, Dr. Jason Coleman, we'll discuss health topics, everyday life issues, and try to give you a better understanding of yourself, other people, and the world around you. So just sit back, relax, and hopefully you'll leave with some information that'll have you living your best, healthy life. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. And welcome back to the Black Psychologist Podcast, episode 29, the best podcast in the world. All right. I am one half of your humble and gracious host and clinician here for your listening pleasures, Dr. Kyle Osborne. He is I and I am him. And of course, I'm never, ever here by myself. I'm here with the one and only, the man of the hour, the man with the power, Dr. Jason Coleman. How are you? Good, brother. I'm good. I'm good, my brother. How you feeling, man? Here, man. I'm here. You know, I'm doing well. Doing very well. Um, You know, it's October. Here we are. We move right along into this fall season, you know? How's everything with you? Can't complain, man. Long weekend, but, you know, I got some rest in. Got a little, little camping trip in. You know, um, and I got to watch some good boxes. So um, self-care all around. And, um, you know, it's back to the grind this week. So I'm not complaining. I see you got the T-shirt on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, again, we're always like, you know, September was um, Suicide Prevention Month. Um, We're going to continue with that as always. You know, of course, even though September was the month that we observed it, it's every month, every day. We want to bring make sure we have that suicide awareness. And uh, that's going to absolutely fit into one of the uh, topics we're going to be talking about. Um, So, yeah. Always, man. And, and as always, we, we want to thank all of our, our listeners and our watchers um, for watching, for listening, for commenting, um, getting a lot of good feedback about the um, the episode. So we appreciate everybody's support. So continue to like, subscribe, share, um, you know, send questions or, or comments to the Black Psychologist Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we appreciate it, man. We're at episode 29. So we're, we're moving right along here. Definitely, man. Um, you know, I, I, I forgot to say that, but, you know, definitely want to thank everybody who takes the time to, um, you know, listen. Um, always humbled by the support. Um, so we're going to definitely continue to put out the content and just, you know, want to say thank you before we move on. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jay. So listen, um, the age old question of video games and mental health. All right. Yeah, it's been yeah. it's been. For, for generations since uh since Atari and Nintendo and Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis and all up to PS5 now, right? Do or are video games hazardous? Are they good for your mental health? Are they, you know, do they are they are they harmful? Well, apparently the FDA has approved a mobile game that could actually help treat ADHD in children. All right. So this game is called Endeavor RX, and this could actually be a part of the future of ADHD treatment in children. So the the game itself has like some really interesting uh, concepts and has like an undertone and has gone through like all this different types of uh, clinical testing. All right. So I'm going to explain and break it down to like what the game looks like. All right. So if you were to first see the game. At first glance, Endeavor RX is it looks very similar to um, like Subway Surfer and, and Temple Run, 
where pretty much the player is like dodging a lot of obstacles as they navigate through all these other different worlds. Now, I'm going to tell you right now. All right. I was the man at uh, Subway Surfer and Temple Run, bro. Like, listen, and I mean, like, I, I was a beast at that. Like, even me playing with the with the baby girl and her friends, you know how you could play it. You saw, like, everybody's user names and yeah. everything. I was killing it, bro. I was <laughs> killing it. So I just want to put that out there that, that you know, if this game is like that, I'm, this might be another, you know, some more records for me to break. All right. So, um, so yeah, so, so the goals of the game um or that it's it's challenging motor skills and attention in kids which tend usually to be the two areas that people with adhd struggle with um so what the game does is that the gameplay specifically challenges um children to help manage multiple tasks at once while also avoiding distractions that the games throw at them so um you know the game's website and the in the makers say that the game is supposed to be challenging um and through like the diff each difficulty level it adapts to how well the, the player is performing um and so it has like a short play time of like 25 minutes um usually they say about you know five days a week that you know someone should be playing it um and studies that were done have found that the kids that played um actually had well the kids with adhd had improved intention so um you know, they're they're looking at it as like it's going to be more like therapy in the video game form. Right. So um, it's a it sounds like a pretty cool way to engage kids um, through exercises that, you know, something that they're familiar with. So, you know, reading reading this article, um, what were your thoughts about this? Um, I thought it was interesting, right, for a variety of reasons. One, obviously, because it's a video game, like we know video games, how popular they are with, with children, um, especially some of the concerns people have had in the past with children, especially children that have ADHD, with spending excessively, excessive amounts of time, right, like playing video games. Um, so for a bunch of reasons, right? Number one, we don't know how much this is going to cost. So that's one thing. We don't know that's going to be the price of a regular video game. So that's potentially a barrier. But even if it's another thing that us as practitioners can kind of use in the office, right? When we're giving kids off time from traditional like treatments and interventions, right? Or if it's just something that mom, you know, a dad or a caregiver can use when we're in the in their car or, you know, as a reward at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because with a lot of children, I'm thinking about, again, and not even this as a standalone kind of treatment, but building this in, you know, with like a token economy type of situation, right? Um, Think about some of the benefits that it could bring to the school setting. You know what I mean? Um, When you have children that you could potentially pull out of the classroom and, you know, um, reward them with five, 10 minutes of of video game time in the middle of the day, you know what I mean? If, 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 If they're kind of getting off task and things like that. So I think that's great. Um, I think it says a lot in terms of like the future of ADHD treatment when it comes to like video games, potentially like virtual reality. I'm speculating now, but stuff like that. Um, And it's interesting, right? Because when you start kind of looking at, you know, the skills they're trying to to, uh, improve, of course, it's primarily aimed towards, you know, the the primarily inattentive type, um, you know, to kind of improve those skills. 
But again, avoiding distractions, you know what I mean? Helping them to kind of focus on multiple tasks and improving their concentration. Um, these are all things that children with ADHD struggle with. So I don't see, you know, too many, uh, too much downside um, to it. Um, with most things, again, you know, the one potential barrier I see is people kind of like seeing the video game and kind of, you know, um, maybe saying like, okay, you know, I can just buy a, a video game that I see as similar and it might have the same effects, mm-hmm. you know, and that type of stuff. Um, potentially, but in terms of what it could do as a product, I see like a lot of benefits, right? Um, also, just like as we was talking about the conversation in general with like just video games, like I started thinking about like all during like when we were growing up, well, at least for me, like video games were kind of stigmatized as like negative because they reduced like physical activity, you know, which I totally understood, right? Um, so they were kind of like unhealthy because of that. And I and I still kind of agree with that to a certain degree in terms of keeping some kids inside, you know what I mean? Um, and maybe that's anecdotal and, you know, we're just getting old, but I, I don't know. I don't know if the research supports that, but I would suppose it does. But um, I still think that that's kind of one of the bad things. But my, you know, my mindset has kind of changed with reading these articles and being through the pandemic in terms of the social skills aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because when our ability to connect physically was taken away, you know, I was encouraging parents to allow their children, you know, to let them connect with their friends through the video games, right? Yeah. Um, especially when they were out of school. You always want to keep it w- with moderation, but um, especially when they're out of school. So I don't know. What did you think? Because um, we always heard negative kind of opinions about video games when it came to vis- physical activity and screen time and social skills, you know, but the pandemic might have changed some of that. Um, I think you said something I want to key in on is like the screen time. And I think it's that that balance factor. Um, I, I hope that games like Endeavor RX and um, I'm sure there are some other games that are, you know, waiting in the wings that, that are currently being developed. that are going to be helpful towards, you know, specific um, mental health conditions. Um, but I, I'm I like the direction that this is going in for the reason that this is hopefully going to help destigmatize like that, you know, um, that idea that, you know, video games will rot your brain, right? It's going to turn you into like this soulless zombie. You're just going to be sitting in front of the television. I think I, I, you have to keep in mind that video games are completely different. Like, and you, you spoke to that a little bit in that, you know, maybe, especially when we were growing up, when we had like the Super Nintendos or we had the Sega Genesis, we had the, the first couple PlayStations and Xboxes, you know, you, yeah, you pretty much outside of like the multiplayer ability where you were able to have like two or three people that could like, you would, you know, be playing with like in the same setting, like or in the same room, like, yeah, you were pretty much, you were sitting in front of like the screen, depending on the game, maybe hours at a time. Now, like you you mentioned, is that, you know, gaming is is almost not all online, but that it has that capability, and this is how people are connecting. Yeah. So you have that social aspect where people are able to interact with individuals all over the place, right? You know, research has found that video game 
like especially that have that online, you know, social component, you know, alleviate symptoms of like depression as far as like that loss of pleasure. Right. Or the situation where you the social aspect is like you feel part of a community. Like right. if you if you you've ever played Call of Duty online or you've played some of these other different games online, it's like you have there's a team. Right. Like they're you're you're in it. It's like four or five people to a team. And like you feel like you're a part of a community, like right. you're around like minded people that are all participating towards a common goal. Right. Everyone shares that goal and those same values. So that's that social aspect that you mentioned that I feel like now, as opposed to years ago, where you were just pretty much isolated to like one or two players. Like now, you know, you have these games where you're you got people from all over the country, all over the world that are playing these games and you're having conversations. Um, everyone's working towards a certain, you know, towards the same goal. So I feel like that does a lot for the social concept. It's a lot different than, you know, our parents with the you know, you need to get out and like you said, do this, be active and all these other different things. I, I totally understand that. And like you said, that's very important. But it's different now, right? These video games have a completely different interface and component that allows people to be social. And during, especially during COVID, like that was a lot of people's outlet or communication right. outside of like social media um, due to the restrictions. So um, I like the direction that this is going. I'm, I'm liking that, um, you know, this component and people are being more receptive to it. And the fact that they're doing research that, you know, that's actually showing and displaying the evidence that this is helpful. I mean, listen, like in reading this article, like I'm always, most of the time, like when just looking at myself where I fall, I'm usually the moderation guy, right? So when I look at this, there's certain things I agree with, like totally, right? Like in some aspect, when they're saying like it builds self-esteem, right? And some of this is anecdotal, but it's like, you know, like I've seen kids who aren't as physically gifted, right? And no matter what any of us say, you know, they're not going to really, they're going to be, they're not going to really succeed on the basketball court, on the soccer field, you know, on the softball team, mm -hmm. but they are very good at playing at, at video games, right? They're not artistically gifted, but they find their place there, right? They have other people who they're bet, who they're just as good at, people that they're trying to be as good at. And they fall and they find their place and their people in that group. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of like that self-esteem um, and kind of building your social circle, it could be very beneficial. Right. Also, and this is kind of where I go toward back towards the moderation piece. I've seen a lot of like parents and I mean, not just dads, moms and dads. Right. Bonding with children playing video games. Right. Oh, we play video games together. Now, the moderation part is where I come to is like if that's the only kind of thing that you know you, you asking them about is there anything else you do with your parents and you know it's kind of like no you know then sometimes you kind of wonder if i don't want to well let me not say it's a convenient thing but you know what i mean there are other other ways that are that are beneficial that you want to engage your children too mm -hmm. you know that are more face-to-face -face and different things but i do see a lot of benefits right now one thing in the article that i wasn't really in agreement with was where they was talking about the emotional regulation part of it. And they were kind of talking about it in the framework of like losing a game or destroying your television because you lost a game and the mother, somebody, uh, the mother or the parent saying, okay, now you can't play your video game for two weeks. 
And then the, ch- the next time the child shows more emotional regulation. And I kind of thought that was a little bit of a, you know, you know what I'm saying? Now it is an article. It is yeah, an article. Yeah. So that might've been just how they were framing it, but I kind of circled that on my, on my notes and I was just like debatable, you know what I mean? Um, so I ain't really agree with that one too much, but again, I do, I do think there's a lot of benefits and that's kind of the point of this article in this game specifically, you know? Yeah. I was thinking when I, when I saw that portion, I was thinking, um, cause he said they had, they had removed the game for like three weeks or so. Um, and I was looking at that. Okay. Maybe that's, utilizing the game system as like a punishment or like it's a privilege. So if you right. do something, you know, that it's taken away from you, you, you're starting to learn about punishment, consequences, so on and so forth, things of that nature. That's, that's the aspect I took of it. And I was hoping that like they're leaving some information out that also, you know, what I, mean? and that's, I think, and that's, bro, <laughs> that's the only point I was trying to make is that yeah. I think the other things, when you talk about parent child bonding, self-esteem, social circles, there's more of like a direct connection you could kind of draw than that point. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's maybe I didn't say that clear enough, but that's, that's kind of what I was questioning with that one. But But I I like the aspect that the the parent child bonding aspect, because video games have also become more interactive. Right. So it's no, it's no longer, you're just kind of sitting there. Like we have the Wii, right? You have have all of these other different interactive games and, I know for a fact that they have the Wii in inpatient hospitals. They have them in senior oh, citizens' yeah. homes. They have them in oh, yeah. so you know that bonding aspect. They're actually they're bridging the gap where you can have mom and dad also playing these different games, these, these athletic games like the tennis or boxing or, or or these other different like Wii games. And the same thing with Xbox. Like you can have the the interactive component where everybody's in the room and everybody's and everyone's playing. Right. Everybody's having a good time. Right. They've made it to the point where it's actually it's recreational. They, you know, and it has those benefits to it. So that's why I like where some of the games have become more inclusive and they've been able to kind of have the bonding aspect of it. Of course, there are other elements that we, you know, have to be taken into consideration and are included. However, I think video games have made tremendous progress in in bringing that, you know, okay, everybody can be involved, everyone, like you said, the community aspect of it, also the mastery, right? The situation of someone working diligently to get to the next level. Right. Someone, like you said, someone, like you said, you can just have someone that's really good at gaming. And let's not forget that gaming is very lucrative these days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, not everyone's going to be the best, like you said, best athlete. However, you may have someone that's able to say, you know what, they're making a pretty decent amount of income or some money in these gaming tournaments, or they could actually get a career in gaming. Absolutely. So, you know, as being a, a, a programmer, being, you know, all these other different avenues. So um, I'm happy that it's that stigma is starting to get reduced, that people are starting to see the benefit of not just seeing it like, oh, someone's going to be sitting in front of the television and that's, you know, and it's just limited to that factor. Um, So this is good. And um, with Endeavor RX, it's not currently available. Um, There is a wait list um, that the developers have on the website in case like organizations or individuals are interested in getting it. Um, and I, depending on how well the launch goes, I think of course that's going to affect like availability and, um, other different things of that nature. So, um, you know, again, this is more that step in that development. Right. And they, you know, the makers also said that no matter how well this does, it's just not going to take the place of 
medication for right, ADHD right. treatment. It's not going to take the place of, you know, therapy or, you know, it, like you said, it's going to be in addition to, it's going to be a great, you know, supportive device. And hopefully, like you said, this speaks to a lot of, you know, kids, depending on the age group that this is getting introduced to, this is going to be really helpful, especially kind of helping them with the multitasking aspect of things. So um, I'm with it, man. I'm, I'm totally with it. And again, like if it's on some, um, you know, Temple Run stuff, I, you know, you might see me on it. I might be the spokesperson. I don't know, Jay. We'll see what happens. <laughs> hey, man. With all, listen, all of them TikTok followers, you know. Hey, man, listen. You know, I'll take mean? it. They might want to give you a call, you know. <laughs> all right. So staying with the youth situation. All right. So. All right. So school's back in session, right? So. You know, COVID, everyone, some of the school districts are operating in what's in the protocols and make sure everybody stays healthy. So in-person school is back. And with it, of course, comes the various obvious bans, um, like weapons, drugs. Like we talked about a few, like a few episodes ago, there are some school districts that are limiting people's clothing and what they're able to their, their hair and certain backpacks and mask mandates, all those things. But now... Surprising number of schools um, with some small town governments uh, have been actually banning something to symbolize the safety and the freedom of the LGBTQ community. And that is the pride flag. So what's recently been happening is that, you know, as you know, and I know the pride flag was created to promote unity. Right. However, in some districts and some counties, it's uh, the pride flag is actually being called a political and, div and divisive in some schools across the country. An example would be uh, an Oregon school school board actually last week banned educators from displaying the flags or having like any type of stickers like on their doors or, you know, in the classroom. Um, I'm going to read some of the quotes. All right. So the quotes from the board says, we don't pay our teachers to push their political views on our students. It's not their place. This was coming from a school board member. All right. So um, there are some other different quotes. Hold on. There was another one that said, because um, after this particular area or this particular school district actually removed the pride flags and then they removed some of the stickers, um, there was a protest. So some uh, hundreds of students staged like um, a class walkout. And then after the protest, the district actually de defended the move in a statement saying to, they're trying to ensure that all students feel safe, regardless of background and identity. Um, and they said that they cited political neutrality in defending their policy. Even this is after coming, they they had come under criticism for prohibiting the pride flag, the Black Lives Matter flags, and um, and then they just put a uh, they brought in the ban even like last month just to block educators from displaying all symbols that the board deemed political, quasi political, or controversial. So there you have it. You know, what are your thoughts about? some of these districts and, and counties bound, you know, banning the, um, the pride flag? Um, well, it's, I just think it's, it's a couple of things going on, right? Because <clears throat> they'll say like, it's a couple of things going on, right? So when they say, you know, um, they don't want pay the teachers to push political views on students, right? That as a statement is true, right? But what that would assume is that, because what we're really talking about, I mean, and and what what um state is this in? 
the state, this particular one was Oregon. Right. So Oregon, they probably maybe some of the teachers, you know, display pride flags or Black Lives Matter flags or whatever. But more along in the East Coast, my experience in schools is more so what you see is like the stickers on the classroom doors. Right. Right. Whether it be the hands, you know, with with different colors on them or whatever. And see, the thing is, the problem when you say that is you're trying to conflate the two things. Right. Because political views is coming to work with, you know, um, a re-elect Trump 2024 shirt on, right? Or Biden or whoever it is, right? And talking to the kids about why their parents are so are wrong if they don't agree with you, right? right? Or pushing those issues, right? This is different. This is 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 what we're talking about is like uh, 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 protecting people's like um, emotional uh, uh, stability for lack of a better term, right? Um, we're kind of talking about more of a human rights thing. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? We're we're protecting people from being persecuted um, within like a larger structure. Right. Um, that is not necessarily looking out to their uh, for their needs and not necessarily attuned to their needs emotionally and otherwise. Mm-hmm. So to say that it's political views is like disingenuous. Right. It's like when people kind of say like, okay, Black Lives Matter is political, right? When what we're talking about is people being killed, right? It, of course, Black Lives Matter has been used by politicians, you know, in a political way, the same way the LGBTQ movement and different, you know, uh, movements have been, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that the specific issue that we're talking about here, safe zones for kids, you know, is political in itself, you know? Um, so it's not, I don't really have much to say after that because, you know, we're talking about safe zones that are there to kind of build up the resilience of these children and provide them with support and resources, right? Um, and for anybody to feel threatened by that, it goes back to the old, you know, under the layers, it's going to be somebody who's in the majority who thinks that they're going to lose something, you know, when other people gain as much as support as they, as they have, which is not true. So I don't really have much to say past that. I mean, um, I've seen this on almost every college campus, high school that I've ever taught in. Right. Um, It's kind of part of the diversity push, you know. Um, So I'm glad they walked out. Um, They should continue to, you know, kind of push the issue. Yeah. You know, it's like like you said, it's, it's become commonplace when you go to a lot of different institutions. Um. You know, like the I look at the pride flag is like it's like that old school safe place sign, right? For the LGBT community that says, like, all right, you know, when you see the flag or you see the sticker out there, it's like, all right, you're you're saying to that person, all right, this is a safe place. All right. This is it's okay for me to be myself here. I can be accepted with like without any fear. Like that's what the that's what the the flag that's what the symbol you know it it, it personifies. It, it's like it's progress. It's it's like you said the word inclusive. Like it shows that when you go into a place of like these are are part of our community values, right? We're not ex- excluding anyone. We're welcoming. You know, we're here to represent. We're here to support. You know, the most mar- you know one of the most marginalized you know populations in in the community. So. I think with this message, unfortunately, it what it sends to, 
you know, individuals is like, oh, yeah, no, nah, we're not thinking, you know, we're not we're not thinking about your needs. Right. We're not thinking of pretty much saying like, all right, your mental health or, you know, as far as that goes, doesn't really matter. Right. OK, that's what this is. So and for them to be like you mentioned, to say it's political, like, nah, this is I, I look at that as a, that's like a sad attempt as a district saying that we don't want to show favoritism. So we're just going to say we're going to ban everybody. We're going to say, you know, it's like it's really, yeah, anything can be deemed political. Again, because you have political pundits that are going to use certain topics or use certain issues as an agenda, right, for their own political gain or for for whatever. Um, But for them to say, yeah, like, you know, like you're like, like teachers are going in and they're saying, hey, we got the pride flag. We're going to talk to you about your sexual orientation. We're going to talk to you about your sexual identity. Like, like that's that's not what, what it represents. You if know, we're being, if we're being honest, it's disingenuous. Right. Because if we're being if, if we're talking about the facts of the matter is we're talking about kids, children and adolescents. Right. And then even if we extend it to colleges, we're talking about emerging adults, 18 to 25, which are kids to a lot of us who are over 40. Right. Um, and my point is, again, now I'm, I'm speaking anecdotally mostly, but the, the, the research is there. If we look at um, suicide attempts, ideation with African-American kids between the age of nine and 14. Right. If you look at um, self-harm and suicidal ideation and suicide with, L- with, with children who identify as LGBTQ, you know, in, in, in this in this age group. Right. So these are the groups that we're talking about. These are the groups that need the most support. And now we're talking about it's offensive to somebody to hang a shingle or a sign for a child or an adolescent or an emerging emerging adult and say, if you want to talk about something, don't hold it inside. Right. Talk about it. Right. Because if that same person, you know, either uh, goes to an extreme, you know, circumstance, then the school is going to be saying, you know, why didn't they use the resources, right? But we want to take the resources away. So it's a little bit disingenuous. So I'm gonna leave it there. Yeah, it's it's very very counterintuitive to, like you said, reach out for help, but then you're gonna take away a symbol that says, "Hey, we're here to help and support you." So um, I know it's been a lot of walkouts. It's been a lot of teachers resigning. It's been a lot of protests. So, um, you know, I'm with those individuals that are, are fighting this. I hope they continue to fight this, um, because this is, you know, this is like, again, this is a huge punch in the gut for a lot of kids that aren't, are now going to feel like they're, 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 um, they're their school district or their schools don't have their best interests. So, uh, we'll continue to watch closely and see, you know, um, you know, any updates and things how this go. But so staying with the school. Um, so out there in California, we have two students from MacArthur High School in Hollywood. Um, Annie Farouk, I hope I'm saying this name correctly, and Emily Moro or Muru. I'm probably butchering that, so I apologize. Um, so two students at um MacArthur High School um actually were part of a team at their school, which won the statewide democracy in action contest with a proposal that students have identification cards for uh, all public middle school, middle and high school students um, that would have suicide prevention hotline crisis and other different mental health resources um, printed on the backsides of these cards. So 
after winning the uh, Democracy in Action contest with that proposal. One year later, it now became a state law. So um, and this is the um, that the this is the law. This is the team that the MacArthur team actually wrote themselves. So now that it's state law, you have kids that are that have these cards that they're walking around with and has the, you know, like the, hot, the hotline on there and other mental health resources. I thought this is um, this is dope, man. This is like really amazing that they were able to do this as high school students, even oh, yeah. which is even more impressive. Um, so just just to have that information and, you know, Jay, you, you work with, um, with, with kids and with, with, uh, adolescents, like, you know, how crucial this could come in handy, right? Just having this information and just like, this is, this is dope, man. I love every, every part of this. What would what, you think? Um, well, first of all, you know, obviously you got to take your hat off to them because, um, you know, this is another example of like younger people getting things done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily waiting on adults to do things. Um, and I think it's a good lesson for us, right? Because sometimes adults think they, they know either best or they know better, right? And kids have opinions too, and they see things differently. Um, and I mean, listen, I learned that talking to my niece and nephews like all the time um, at whatever age um, group that they've been in all along the way. So I think we got to kind of congratulate them for that. Um, the second thing I think is a great idea because it's so simple, right? It's getting the information to the people when they would need it the most, right? When it's so crucial, right? Because I'm sure a lot, there are young people, people out there that are li- that are likely to have like their student IDs with them all the time, right? Um, when people get upset or overwhelmed to that point, what are some of the things that they do? Sometimes they cut off their phone, they isolate themselves, right? Um, and people use the resources that they have around them, you know? Um, so it may make some people more likely to, you know, reach out to somebody or call one of those numbers. Um, so, you know, I think the last thing I would say about it is I think it's something that should be replicated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it doesn't just happen like overnight, like, right. you know, and I know for any law or any bill to get, you know, get passed is that now you're going through the different channels of government, whether, you know, you're going through your local government, your city government, your, your state government, right. This, this gets passed up the pipeline. So there were um, state, you know, um, reps that were getting involved that helped them with this um, lawmakers that had to get involved. Like, so this is why this is so impressive because this is, you know, you have to see, you have to be dedicated and the impact that this is having, like you mentioned on some of their peers. Um, I don't know if that can really be measured, um, you know, day in and day out, these kids are going through everything, right? right. I mean, that's something that unfortunately um, as adults, we have we make the error of minimizing the stress and some of the issues that these kids um are experiencing on a day-to-day. Um one of the young um young folks in this article mentioned that you know she has had experiences with some of her friends that were depressed that you know had actually contemplated suicide. So right. um that was one of the things that motivated um this endeavor. Because like you get, like you said, like when you're experiencing these overwhelming emotions and these overwhelming thoughts, like you said, you go dark, right? You go to, you turn your phone off and um, just you and your, you and your thoughts, 
like on repeat. And sometimes maybe having that card that you can get in contact with somebody that you can get, you know, call a hotline or do something. Right. But that's what the whole point of this card is. And the fact that they were able to um, get this done. Because, again, you know, anything that works for government is not happening overnight, despite what the initiative is, despite what you win the contest, despite despite what they say. Oh, we promise you this X, Y and Z. Um, This takes time. Right. This takes a lot of time and dedication on their part. Um, And who else? other than these kids that know what other kids are experiencing, right? They know what their friends are experiencing. They, like they, they mentioned and provided examples. Um, and, you know, we've talked about in the past, the numbers of kids uh, that are experiencing severe depression, you know, contemplated attempted suicide, all these other different numbers. So um, this is great, man. Um, I, this is, you know, like you said, I, I hope that more kids, more peers, even more adults continue to pick up the mantle on this. I mean, listen, this, again, the, the part I don't want to miss that I think is is great about it is, of course, you know, it became a state law, you know, and, and that probably took a long time in terms of high schools and colleges. Mm-hmm. But think about how many, you know, organizations and bodies have, have contact with children, provide them with IDs, right? If we're talking about like daycares, like boys and girls clubs, and, and don't have that degree, you know, of uh, a political structure in that this is something that they could put on their IDs tomorrow, you know, that that most, you know, with a letter to the parents, you know, notifying them, you know, would probably be mutually agreed on as something that could benefit children, you know, um, in the worst case scenario. You know what I mean? Um, so what I'm saying is, you know, I, I think it's just a lot of us that deal with children, teens and adolescents. It's just another way of us thinking about just getting certain information to them and resources. So that's all. You know, of course, when we talk about like public schools and stuff, the avenues we got to go through because the structure is different, you know, Um, but I think it's, you know, it's a good idea. Um, And especially when we kind of segue into the, you know, the next topic in terms of, you know, suicidal ideation, it it keeps coming up in the news. Right. So. um, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, Kodak Black. Um, very, very popular rapper, actually as recent as uh, a couple of days ago, has sparked some concern um, with his fans after posting uh, some some tweets uh, before he deleted uh, his social media accounts. So uh, I'm going to read the, the, the tweet that he posted. He wrote so lonely, depressed, sad and effed up. Nobody loved me. Nobody cares. I'm everywhere. Once friends playing in my head, girls playing with my heart. Wish I can go back to the start and I'll never be famous. Um, and then after that, he had deleted all of his um, social media accounts and things. So this prompted um, a lot of concern from his fans. I imagine uh, his family, some of his loved ones. Um, and right before we got on, I actually was um, scrolling. I was online um, and he actually updated um his status and how his his condition so i'm gonna try to pull this up because this is happening this is real time all right this is reality tv right here that's fine it's right here breaking news on the black psychologist podcast all right this is how we roll around here all right so uh shortly after he disabled his social media accounts um he worried his friends and family and um he provided an update um and he said uh, do, 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 do. let me make sure I 
apologizing for his actions. He said, I mean, maybe that wasn't the best thing to tweet and very selfish of me to let that thought like that succumb. I apologize to me for doubting myself like I ain't a raw. Uh, <laughs> Y'all reading it now. I'm reading it yeah, now. I'm, I'm, I apologize to me for doubting myself like I ain't a raw ass gangster as blah. Um, but thugs need love, too. And that's totally unfair to the people that do love me, that do care and want to see me happy and successful, however that looks like. Um, and then um, I understand I made a bold statement, but don't worry, I'm not suicidal. I have no plans on harming myself. I've been in maximum prisons, people committing suicide and die from the hands of their cellmates right next to me. I've been beaten by the authorities a thousand miles away from home. No point. Contact my family. Never contemplating taking myself out. Um, I got great support systems surrounded by love. Somebody put a false rumor in my head that drove me to the edge that I can't say, but I'm all okay. Um, I really need a vacation, but being on probation kept me stuck in this unhealthy environment where only my choice is running around in hood thugging. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, so, so go ahead. Listen, Jeff. I mean, listen, I'm not. It sounds only. I'm not saying it sounds funny, but it, obviously he sounds all over the place, right? right. Um, but you kind of understand, right? Because what is his image? His image is a gangster rapper, right? Um, obviously, from his statement, he acknowledged feeling depressed, even if he didn't say the words. He described it. He acknowledged feeling overwhelmed, feeling anxious. Mm -hmm. He almost. You can almost even feel comfortable saying that he acknowledged feeling suicidal, right? He said he was pushed to the edge, right? But then the next sentence he says, but don't worry about me. I'm not suicidal. I've been to jail. I've been to prison. I would, I've been in these pressure situations. So again, the only reason why I'm bringing that up is not to disparage him, but we have dissonance, right? When it comes to stigma again, right? Because you have people equating manhood, right? And how tough you are with whether you are have depressive symptoms or suicidal ideation. And that's the only problem I have, right? Um, and I get it because part of it is probably mask him, his identity in terms of masculinity uh, as being a black male specifically, and then being a rapper, you know what I mean? Um, but it can be very, you know, it's a very confusing message to send to people, right? Because you're reinforcing the stigma and the stereotype that, you know, black males, you know, are weak when they express, you know, um, feeling overwhelmed or depressed or that they can't handle something, right? Especially you can't handle it by yourself. Um, so again, I'm not really blaming him because what I was reading was on TMZ. You know, these people have um, publicists. All, I don't even know that he wrote that. You understand? Well, I know he wrote that. Let me, let me not. I know he wrote that. But you know what I mean, the sentiment of it, um, <laughs> the sentiment of it, bro. So I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, kill him totally. Um, but that's the part that kind of needs to be pointed out. Right. He still kind of has, you know, he's still kind of vacillating in his mind, going back and forth between the, the manhood aspect um, and kind of, you know, feeling like acknowledging the symptoms is taken away from it. So I sympathize. But. You know, we got to be able to move past that, you know, especially somebody of his his stature. Right. Ah, totally. Um, And, you know, it, it's it's also, you know, I think it's 
as, as you and I are, you know, clinicians, it's also kind of reading between the lines of what are some things we tease out, right? What are some of the red flags in there? Um, there's right. obviously, I don't know Kodak Black um, personally. However, he alluded that, yeah, he's got some overwhelming, stressful situations that he's had in right. the past and that he's currently dealing with, right? right? Something's, you know, contributing to when he made that post. You know, people typically don't just make that original post and do some of those actions just kind of like out of the blue, right? There's something right. that's going on. So absolutely, there's definitely some cognitive dissonance. There's, you know, some inconsistency. And, um, you know, and that's that's the unfortunate part. You know, I hope that the people that did reach out to him, his, you know, his people that he has in his corner, people that he has in his, you know, his life are um, hopefully encouraging him you know, to get some, some form of support, um, you know, whatever that may look like. I hope counseling, I hope some type of professional. Um, but this is, you know, some of the things that um, not just him, but I feel like is really important for us to notice just with everyday individuals. And when you start to see a change in their social media presence, right? When you start to see someone, um, you know, making statements such as this, Right. When Whoa. you start to notice like these, their their social media profiles, maybe they're not not necessarily posting as much, but it can be when you notice a change, especially in someone that you know well, that mm-hmm. could be a predictor or that could like really signal a change in someone's mental health. Right. If someone starts to make, you know, they're talking about suicide or kind of talk as, as we talk about passive SI, where they're saying, you know, I wish you know, I wouldn't wake up and, you know, or I wish what would, it, what would it feel like to not wake up or I wish I could go all the way back to the beginning or I wish, you know, all of these other different kind of suggestive thoughts or feelings of or thoughts or, or statements of hopelessness. Right. These are some of the things that and when you people just abruptly delete their accounts. Right. Of someone that, you know, enjoys being on social media. Like th- these are, are signs, I feel like for all of us to really take heed, not just with his situation, just with people in general, for us to make sure that we do these wellness checks, because especially as we get into, you know, the seasonal affect disorder, like, you know, and I know that that's real, right? Mm-hmm. The days are getting, the days are getting shorter, nights are getting longer, stress, we're coming into the holidays, you know, we got the whole aspect, COVID is still here, very, very present. Um, you got a variety of different stressors that are taking place for people. And, um, I think it's when we start to see behavior or actions like this from some of our friends and family, like via social media, this is absolutely a time for us to like spring into action and doing what we can in our own mobility or what we have control over is reaching out to individuals. Um, well, the social support is, is definitely, um, very important. Like my opinion in this specific incident, and I know like a lot of people, are gonna have like had some extreme reactions, but I think what people have to realize, and we're talking about Kodak Black in this instance, but it's not specific to him. Like often this is what trauma looks like, mm-hmm. right? Incarceration, right? We talked about solitary confinement and the, and the um, psychological impact last year. He talked about losing one of his friends to suicide, right? He's talking about community violence, right? He said thugging, but that's what he's talking about. You know what I'm saying? Um, so all of these things, this is what trauma looks like. He's talking about feeling overwhelmed, right? So I think we're to a point where a lot of people, this is their life, 
right? And this is how they have to survive, right? And we and because of that, we minimize that, right? Um, but this is trauma, <laughs> you know? Um, and we have to understand that, of course, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse is also forms of trauma, right? But community violence is trauma, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and we have to take that serious, right? Um, and even a person like this, who in some people's eyes has the world at the tips of their fingers, you know, um, is still impacted by it, right? Because at the end of the day, he's still going home, he's still losing people, um, and money cannot insulate you from that. So um, I think that's the part that I think not only us, but I think a lot of people miss, right? Because a lot of people are going to look at his tweet um, and they're going to say, well, what right does he have to feel suicidal? Right. And that's not obviously we know that's not true and it's not realistic. Um, what people have to understand that this is trauma. This is what it looks like. Yeah. And, and in addition to that, um, trauma doesn't go anywhere. Like it doesn't just because you get money doesn't mean that like everything's OK. So even the things that he experienced prior to, you know, becoming famous, you know, prior to, you know, becoming wealthy, like if you experienced that in your childhood or that community trauma in your teens or whenever like that, you experienced that like right. money doesn't that doesn't, you know, it doesn't your trauma doesn't evaporate. And just because, you know, you have you're in a better, you know, you know, socioeconomic status situation doesn't mean that everything's fine. So right. um, and unfortunately, um, you know, people are just going to harp on, okay, well, look what he's saying about he's thug in this. I can't take that seriously. Like, what he's not taking this seriously, or he's all these other different adjectives and descriptions that people are going to use. But no, like he's experienced a lot of trauma. He's clearly, again, I don't know him personally, but he talks about, I mean, I know recently, like a few, either a couple of weeks ago, um, he's had some other legal issues. So there are different things going on in his life. Now, unfortunately, again, like you said, the, the fact that maybe he has to feel like he has to p- keep up an image or what, whatever type of lifestyle, you know, um, I get it. You know, that's the the unfortunate part that comes with that. Um, again, I just hope that, you know, his social support, that he's able to get some type of, you know, help, encouragement, some type of support in whatever form or fashion that looks like to him, that's going to be beneficial for him. So, um, you know, we'll continue to watch this story also, you know? Yeah. All right. So, Jay, it's football season. It's about to be basketball season. And something that we're going to constantly see during these commercials are going to be Nike. Just do it. Right. So Nike recently is about a little over a month ago. uh, Nike actually closed its headquarters and corporate offices for a week to give its its employees some time for rest and recovery. All right. So their senior manager of uh, their global marketing science department at Nike wrote that uh, he said, we're powering down for a full week off starting next Monday. This was August 23rd to the 30th. He said, we're powering down for a full week off starting next Monday. Our senior leaders are sending a clear message to take time to unwind distress um, or de-stress. I'm sorry. Spend time with your loved ones. Do not work. He said in a year or two, unlike any other, taking time for rest and recovery is key to performing well and staying sane. This past year has been rough. We're all human and living through a traumatic event. But I'm hopeful that the empathy and grace we continue to show our teammates will have a positive impact and culture on working moving forward. 
So this, in addition to the week off, they also had like summer Friday hours, which means that employees were able to leave early or take the entire day off on on that Friday. So, okay. um, well, what do you what do you think, Jeff? I mean, you know what I think. I mean, I I don't really have any negatives about this. Um, I I think the important point to make is that this is kind of putting your money where your mouth is, right? Um, it's not necessarily more about always about um paying people more, right? Because obviously, if Nike is giving people a week off, no matter how much they've earned, they're gonna lose money during that week, right? Um, so I think this is qualifies as putting money where your mouth is in terms of reinforcing like positive habits when it comes to mental health um, in terms of the work environment, right? Um, because when you do this, you know, you, you're creating an environment where if your employees feel stressed or if they have a mental health condition, they'll probably be more likely um, or feel more comfortable addressing it, right? To a supervisor or to the appropriate, um, through the appropriate channels at that job, right? Um, second thing, reason why I think it's important is that it allows people to kind of relax and de-stress in their own way, right? It's not like, yeah, come to the company retreat, you know, and hang out with your boss and go zip lining, you know what I mean? Um, and, and and put on a t-shirt and take a bunch of pictures for us. Like some, you don't want to play in that softball game? No. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's if you want to go hiking, if you want to sleep, if you want to, you know, they told you don't do work, if you want to do work, go on a vacation, whatever mate is gonna help you to catch up and reduce your level of anxiety. So I think it's a good thing, you know. So what I need to do is that I need to find out if Nike has any psychologist positions available <laughs> that's what i need to find out um oh, man. but uh no i i think this also in addition to what you said as far as putting your money where your mouth is um is also this coincides with with naomi osaka right because she's a nike client right she's sponsored right. by nike and they were fully supportive of her um, when she took time off for her mental health and, and as everything progressed from this spring um, and they were fully supportive of her. And I feel like, you know, this coincides with that. Right. If we're going to sit here and say and support our athletes um, and their mental health, then, you know, we should be doing the same. Um, I like it also in the sense of, you know, not just having a week off, but actually having paid time or a week off. Right. Because, you know, and I know from just working, it's, you know, it's so crucial to have for employees to be able to take time off and they're not using their own time, right? right? They're not using their own sick or vacation time because, you know, like things happen in people's lives where like, you know, it starts coming down, especially towards the end of the year where people don't have time, right? right. And despite it's stressful, people start getting real creative and trying to finagle ways so they can take time off. And if even if they're not feeling well, they're still going to come in because they want to conserve their time. So I feel like this also just sends the message of, you know, yeah, like, you know what? It's on us, right? Take the time. And when you take a week off, that enables the person to do whatever they want. So whether they want to do stuff around the house, that's going to enable them to maybe have later days later in the week or stuff in, in their weekends free, or like you said, take a vacation, go see family or do whatever like this. That's so beneficial. Right. That is so crucial to just being saying like, hey, we got you. We're going to cover this for you. Go do whatever makes you happy. Right. So, um, yeah, I feel like this hopefully sets the precedent. I know there were some other companies that also um, were doing this. We're giving their their um, their employees a um, 
you know, some time off. So I'm, I'm hoping that this starts to become the norm that other um, companies and other organizations, um, you know, start to do that, provide this benefit for, for their employees as well. So this is great, man. Um, the only, the only thing that I saw that I, I, I kind of had an issue with was that um, as, as I was doing like more reading about it, it appeared that like, some of the part-time employees or some of like the, the retail stores didn't get time off. So, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, companies have to make money, but if you are going to give, you know, employees off, I feel like it has to be uniform, right? It can't just be, I don't believe it should be like, all right, well, only the corporate folks are going to get time off and full-time people. And we have, you know, our, our part-time folks aren't. Right. Because I can feel like that can sometimes, you know, create a disparity among employees against, you know, coworkers against from employees and management that can lead to a whole thing. Um, so I do feel like it should be uniform. I, you know, close, close everything if you're going to give people a week off. Um, but other than that, like I, this is a great idea. Like this is um, this is the way I feel like it's it's supposed to be. And I feel like we're we're definitely going we're trending in the right direction with this. So um, so yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Nike with this. Yep. I mean, um, again, like I don't know if it's the CEO or the or you know president vice, but but they sent the word out saying do not work. You know. So again. You know, I, I just think it's it's it kind of sends a good message. Um, and for them being such a large company, you know, maybe other people will follow suit, um, you know, so and, and implement it in their own way. You know, absolutely. Definitely helps fight stigma um, because, you know, that stigma is even different in a work office or in the, in the work environment. Right. The stigma that, hey, you know what? Your mental health is important. But guess what? You still need to come to work. Right. So. It's a different, you know, that definitely helps fight against that stigma in the workplace. So uh, this is this is great. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. You know, I'm going to bring this up to my job. I know that, especially, you know, I don't know about you. I'm going to I'm going to bring it to my 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 employer um, and see what happens. I'll, I'll keep you I'll keep you guys posted on that. I'm not. I know what will happen. Yeah, so I'm good. <laughs> I right, answer that right now. <laughs> no, at my job. See you in the morning. All right, man. Um, anything else before we get out of here that uh, we we should throw out there to, to the people? Uh, not really, man. Just again, want to thank everybody that takes the time to listen. Um, we appreciate it. Um, please continue to like the videos. Um, and you know, leave your comments if you have them, suggestions for any show topics, um, or anything we could add. So much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I don't have much else to add to that. We appreciate everybody for, for tuning and watching. Again, the Black Psychologist Podcast at gmail.com. Um, like, share, and uh, we, we appreciate the support. You guys are continuing to rock out and um, and ride with us. And, hey, man, you know, we, we appreciate it because without you guys, we can't be here. So um, thank you. Uh, wish everybody good mental health, especially as we go into this um, this short week for some people that have the holiday off. If you do have the day off, enjoy it. Do something, you know, self-care is important. And um, that's all I got. Jay, I uh, continue uh, doing your self-care, man, with, you know, the camping and, and seeing the fights and all that. And, you know, we got the football season is still rolling through, good brother. So, uh, hey, man, enjoy, bro. All right, my brother. Till next week, man. Mahalo, you, man. Yes, sir. Later. All right.